Hello, everybody, and welcome to our very first episode of McKay's Class with Sass podcast. Um, I'm a little nervous because this is my first podcast, um, and I'm doing it for you guys so that we can do our flipped classroom and your Chromebooks won't accept my PowerPoints. So this is my plan, and this is how we'll kind of run it. I will go through each slide, and um, at the end of each slide, I will simply say, move on to the next, and then that way you can follow along with the slides and hopefully get all of the questions answered that you need uh, with regards to what the content is. Again, let me know feedback if this works out pretty well or if it was too difficult so that I can kind of adjust from there. So without further ado, let's take a lovely adventure into the nervous and endocrine systems. I know, you're excited. I know. Who wouldn't be? Teenagers, we get to talk about nervous systems and hormones. So you should see you should see our first slide, Unit 3, Part 2, as our title slide, The Nervous and Endocrine Systems. Go ahead and go to the next slide. When we talk about the nervous systems, the group um, and the the field, I should say, that studies this is called neuroanatomy. And what they look at is they look at the study of the structures of the nervous systems and how they work together. How do they intertwine? What are their functions? Next slide. We're gonna start with the basics of the organization of the nervous systems. There are going to be six nervous systems in your body that we talk about and discuss, and they each have very different functions to create us into one whole working unit in our body. Next slide. The first nervous system is our main one. It is called the central nervous system. The abbreviation for that would be CNS. And all this consists of is the brain and the spinal cord. Okay, without these two things, nothing in the rest of our body would be able to communicate. So the central nervous system, right? Literally the brains, if, if you would, of the operation in our body because it literally includes the brain. All of the other actions that we have are coordinated by the CNS. So think of the brain like it is the queen bee of this entire operation, okay? The spinal cord, I want you to think of it like a highway in which the brain relays messages and sends messages to the rest of the body and in return receives messages from the outside world. So the spinal cord is like a two-lane highway with information coming into the brain and going out. Next slide. Attached to the spinal cord, and as you can see in the depiction on the left here, you have the brain and then the spinal cord, and coming off the spinal cord, all of that blue stuff, those are all nerves. Those nerves are what's called the peripheral nervous system. Okay, the abbreviation is PNS. Okay, you guys don't go back to your 12-year-old selves. Um, it's just the abbreviation. Okay, these are all the nerves outside the CNS that connect it to the rest of our body. So when the information travels down that spinal cord, it has to hit the peripheral nervous system in order to reach our muscles and glands. So there are two major sections. There's the motor pathway, which is the out, and the sensory pathway, which is the in. So think, right, we take sensation in from our eyes, ears, skin, um, mouth, nose, okay? And then we use our arms to go outside, okay? We have to open the door to go outside. So that would be the motor pathway. So let's take a wonderful and glorious journey through this system. So we have a couple subsystems of the peripheral nervous system. They are the somatic, okay, and the autonomic. 
the somatic nervous system um, is, is essentially tasked with transmitting signals from your brain to your voluntary skeletal muscles. Now, what I mean by voluntary is that you have to volunteer to do them. So for example, it would be things like waving, jumping, or every teenager's favorite thing, texting or Snapchat. Okay, you're allowed to do that because of your somatic nervous system. That is where all of the motor neurons in your body are. Okay, they control all of the motor function. The autonomic nervous system, I want you to think of as automatic. It controls everything we don't think about. They are called involuntary movements, things we're not voluntarily doing, right? I don't think every day you're thinking to yourself, okay, lungs, it's time to breathe now. Let's make sure that we're getting our breath, okay? And digestion, heart pumping, those are things we don't have to worry about. The autonomic system then has two other subsystems. Go ahead and go to the next slide. So the two systems of the autonomic nervous system are the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic nervous system, I want you to think of it, it has sympathy for you. It feels bad for you. Um, it is our emergency response system. What it's going to do is it's going to activate all of our energy resources, okay? It increases our heart rate. It makes us hyper-focused by dilating our pupils, okay? Dilating just means bigger. Um, adrenaline starts to flow. It is what is in charge of fight, flight, or freeze. So think of it when you see that crush and you're so nervous because you've never talked to them before and you're on a head-on collision just with them and you're going to have to say something, but you just can't. And so you flight, right? You, you fly away from the situation. That is your sympathetic nervous system. It feels bad for you because you haven't told this crush you like them and it's going to make you all nervous, okay? The parasympathetic nervous system is the opposite. It is the default for the autonomic nervous system, meaning it, that's where we kind of stay, um, at our normal resting state, if you will. So it reduces our energy expenditure. So think of it again, and I've gone over this in psych one with you guys. The parasympathetic nervous system is like you're in paradise, okay? You are in paradise on a beach somewhere. You pick the place, whatever it is, you know? For me, it might be Bali. And you're laying on the beach, enjoying the sunshine, listening to the waves from the ocean, having your um, Coca-Cola or your non-alcoholic virgin pina colada, Okay, uh, it slows your heart rate down. It lets you relax. We also refer to it as rest and digest. Okay, next slide. Here we have two examples. This one would be what? If you saw Jason coming after you this Halloween, it would then kick your sympathetic nervous system into action, right? Your sympathetic nervous system feels bad for you. It gets scared. You get faced with Jason and his hockey mask, you're going running the other way. Here's paradise, okay? Paradise is parasympathetic. I know, very tough content, you guys. So another example, right? I have this lovely video here for you uh, from Inside Out. And it's this little boy, right? And he meets Riley for the first time. And all of a sudden, his sympathetic nervous system goes haywire. And we all know that every single one of you in this class has felt this way at some point or another in your life. And guess what, kids? It's not going to stop anytime soon. So next slide. On this diagram here, um, as you click through, and you are going to have to click through, I have it broken down. So you have the nervous system, okay, in general. Then we have the CNS and 
the PNS, okay? The central and the peripheral. Off of the peripheral, we have two more. The peripheral has the sensory neurons and the motor neurons. The two nervous systems involved in the peripheral are the autonomic and the somatic. The autonomic then has two more, which are the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. Okay, and we'll go over this more in class with our activities, um, but I wanna make sure that we understand that. So if you do have any questions about any of these, please make sure that you bring them up next class. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide, okay? Something we haven't talked much about, and, and I use the example just in trying to get you guys to understand how neurons communicate, but when we touch something hot, it's actually technically what we would refer to as a reflex. Um, we have reflexes everywhere, you know, like you go to the doctor and they hit your knee and like you kick your best friend in the face, right? Because they hit that one spot in your knee that reflexes, okay? So we have reflexes. They are governed by the, by the spinal cord. So what happens is the spinal cord essentially um, makes an executive decision and says, you know what, brain? We don't have time for you to take all your time deciding what you're going to do. I'm going to make an executive decision in a quickly needed situation. So the signal would be sent from the sensory organ to the spinal cord. So in the case of touching something hot, right, we touch the stove. Our skin is going to pick that up because that's the sensory organ, okay, and the receptors underneath it and take that information to the spinal cord. The spinal cord is then going to realize that that's a drastic situation, right? We don't want to leave our hand on there forever. Um, so it's going to process it rather than sending it to the brain and allow us to say, ouch, that's hot. Like, get my hand off of there, okay? It's also the reflex I have. Like, you guys go to those haunted houses, and I don't know why, right? If I go into those haunted houses and somebody scares me, my reflex is to punch them right in the face. Just joking, kind of. Next slide. So now you should see we have two human bodies, okay, um, with a breakdown of what the endocrine system is, okay? What we're talking about here with the endocrine system, we have the nervous system, which is like electricity, okay? And if you <laughs> were in my psych one class, I always like to compare it to a water park, all right? So the nervous system acts like that really big water slide that everybody for some reason goes down that's really tall. And I don't understand why anybody goes on them because it's really good people watching, right? You could sit at the bottom of that slide and laugh all day long because what happens is these people go on it, right? And all of a sudden they go all the way down so fast and so far that they end up with a, like a giant, like the, the wedgie of the year, okay? And you see them like trying to adjust the, their bathing suits when they, I don't know why y'all want to do that. It doesn't sound fun to me, but that's how you're going to think of the nervous system. It is that rapid shooting slide, okay? The endocrine system is like the lazy river at the water park where you can just relax and it takes a while to go around. Those are the differences in their comparison, So when we look at the endocrine system, this goes from top to bottom, and I'll read them because I know it's not quite clear. So number one on your map is known as the pineal gland. Then below that, don't worry about hypothalamus. That's a brain part. We're not going to discuss that at the moment. Uh, the pituitary gland lies just below that. Then we have the thyroid as number three. The parathyroid is number four and the thymus, which is number five. Number six, um, we have the, oh, I see what we did here. So we have the adrenal cortex, okay? So the adrenal glands, if you will. Number seven is going to be the pancreas. And then number eight and nine vary because one is male and one is female. So for eight, it is ovaries, because those are the female, um, 
gonads and the other spectrum on the gentleman's side um, would be the testes for the gonads, okay? So we're gonna go on to the next slide here and kind of discuss all of these in depth. So with the endocrine system, this is how it works. It is very slow acting, like I said, it's like the lazy river of the group. It's because the signals pass through the bloodstream, not the nervous system. So the communicative devices for the, the endocrine system are hormones, right? And you guys, you know, we hit puberty just a few years ago. Well, not some of us, not me, hello. But you guys, right? And maybe during that time you felt really off balance. You didn't understand why you were so upset sometimes. You didn't understand why you could get so upset for a few hours and then be totally fine later. Um, and why you overreacted to everything because we all know that little teeny boppers do that, right? It's because hormones move slower through your system. So it takes a while for their effects to wear off and you, you got this huge rush of all of these hormones starting. So when we talk about hormones, right? Like I said, the effects last longer than those of neurotransmitters because of the path in which they take through the bloodstream rather than through the nervous system. Next slide. Here's a chart and on your guys, you have it just kind of break, broken down. Breaking down. Wow. Good English. Yes, it's such, it's such a good thing. I'm not an English teacher. Um, the first gland we're going to talk about is the pituitary gland. That is responsible for the human growth hormone as well as oxytocin. And if you're not familiar with oxytocin, they've done some really cool studies lately on this. Um, oxytocin is released um, in, in major amounts right upon the delivery of a baby between the mom and the baby. Um, they do believe that oxytocin is released when we feel love, which is pretty cool. And we can talk about that some more as we go. Um, it is known as the master gland, uh, meaning it, you know, it regulates stress, it regulates growth, um, it, reg it has something to do with pregnancy, but it's called the master gland because it controls all of the other glands and tells them when to release hormones. The pineal gland is right below that. That works specifically with the midbrain region um, and the pons. And what it does for the hormone system is it releases melatonin. Um, and if you guys know what melatonin is, they have artificial melatonin. It usually helps people sleep. That's because the function is that sleep and body rhythms. So when somebody has some insomnia, they may be prescribed an artificial melatonin in order to help that release. The next one down is the thyroid. This releases thyroxin, which is, is in charge of all of our metabolism. So if you have an overactive thyroid, you may have a very high metabolism. If you have an underactive thyroid, you would have a very low metabolism. Uh, it also increases oxygen to the organs. The adrenal glands, adrenal sounds exactly like the hormone. It's adrenaline, okay? Partners with um, endorphins from our nervous system. It regulates arousal and also known as corticosteroids, okay? Adrenaline helps us uh, when we are fearful or when we have pain, adrenaline will pump, okay? To kind of alleviate some of that pain as well. And then finally, what we're gonna talk about are the gonads, okay? I know, silly word. Again, don't go to 12-year-old you. Stay in 18-year-old you, you guys, okay? Um, androgens, estrogen, and progesterone. So they're essentially all of the, um, the sex hormones, okay? So they're, they are completely in testosterone. I don't know why I don't have testosterone on there, but it should be, okay? It helps with the development of sex characteristics and typical behavior. In males, we know that testosterone um, and androgens are very prevalent, um, which is a lot of times why men will be taller, um, they can build bigger muscles. They have facial hair and chest hair. Okay, ladies, we don't usually typically have that. Um, our system is, is all about estrogen and progesterone, which does help to regulate menstrual cycles um, and the reproductive system of women. 
Next slide. And this is just another diagram from inside the brain, right? You have the pituitary and the pineal glands, which are the only two that actually reside in the brain. Everything else is throughout the body. Um, and they do work directly with the pons, okay? Uh, and the hypothalamus in order to kind of control the other hormones. So the next one I have on the next slide is the thyroid. And these are just simply pictures of everything. So the adrenal glands sit right on top of your kidneys. And guess what, everybody? We are done. Happy first podcast. Hopefully I don't sound like too much of a silly head. Um, Hopefully this works out pretty well until we can figure out exactly how I can get the slides up and running for you. Um, Other than that, thanks for listening. Episode one, out. I should really come up with something good for the end of this, shouldn't I? Maybe you guys can help me devise it. Every good podcast ends a certain way. Hmm. We'll have to think about that, you guys. Think of a way I should end all my podcasts. That's your homework. See you next time.